Grace and Peace from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I'm Rev. Terry Goodman from the Holston Conference, and I hope that you find my thoughts on today's passage enlightening. A few months back, during a cabinet meeting, we were asked to share in this podcast ministry. A list was passed around, and if my memory serves me, by the time it got to me, only Christmas Eve was left open. So I signed up, only later to recognize the enormity of my assignment. Christmas Eve. Next to Easter, it's probably the most well-known set of scriptures within our lectionary. We've heard the story, we've heard the words, we've read the words ourselves countless times in the past and for many more years yet to come. But I invite you now to hear them one more time. From Luke's Gospel, we hear these words beginning in chapter 1 with verse 28 through verse 55. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of the God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. Well, now the lectionary skips the next few verses, verses 39 to 45, but I want to include them in the reading. And it says that after a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. After hearing all these things, we once again hear from Mary as she proclaims the praise that her soul has in response to God's movement in her life by saying, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. 
He has filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel, and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months, and then went back to her own home. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Okay, we've heard them again. So what within these words inspires you? What within these words speaks to you? Are they like a conversation with an old friend, or did something speak to you for the first time as you heard them just now? In my own personal devotional life, I am in my fourth consecutive read through the Bible using a chronological Bible. Such a Bible sets the story in a chronological order. For me, the Old Testament makes so much more sense when I can see what the prophets were saying in relation to what the kings and the people were doing. Eventually, though, we get to the end of that story. The Old Testament comes to an end, and then we wait. Not sure of what God's word is going to be, not sure as a people what God's plan for our future might be, but the Israelites, they kept on with their worship. Temple worship was not abandoned. The synagogues, which came into being primarily in the exile, grew in number. The opportunities to worship God were there. Switch gears with me for a second. <clears throat> Just so you know me a little better, I'm a 62-year-old male. Along with that age, my wife says that I have inherited a slight bit of hearing issues. I, on the other hand, insist that I can hear just fine. I happen to like the TV loud. I like not knowing what people are saying in a crowded and noisy room. It complements my introverted nature. I can stay in the background and simply nod and give assent to what I hear, or as my wife says what I think I hear. You see, I think I'm good at lip reading. She, my wife, who is a speech-language pathologist, assures me that I am not. I say all this to say that at times I hear people say something and I have to go, could you please repeat that? I didn't hear. I didn't understand what you just said. If I were in Mary's place and I heard the angel Gabriel say to me, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Perhaps Mary heard that scratching record sound that we used to indicate that we didn't hear what we just thought we heard. Did I? Did, did the angel just say Mary might have thought that I was to conceive? That I was to give birth to a son? And the son will be the son of God? He will inherit the throne of David? If I were Mary, I would have to ask for a repeat. Say that again. One more time, please. I want to make sure I heard you right. Luke indicates that she asked a question about how this could or would be, and Gabriel answered, and Mary responded, 
I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Mary, a teenager, just being told that she was to bear the Son of God, responds, I am the Lord's servant. After 400 years of silence, the silence was broken when God decides to communicate again with a teenage girl who was to become pregnant with God's son out of wedlock. Most of us would agree that this was not the most ideal of plans. Yet for God, it was the plan of choice. Perhaps this Christmas Eve, I want us to think about God's plan for our life, the life of our church and the life of our annual conferences and denomination. In my own life, I continually seek God's favor and direction. Yet I have to admit that there are more times of silence than there are times of direction. Sometimes it feels like I'm in that intertestamental period wherein the voice of God was not heard. Every now and then, however, I hear the voice. I discern the move of the Spirit within my life, and I know that God is still guiding and speaking to me. For me, this passage reminds me that perhaps what I need to do more of is responding with the words, I am the Lord's servant, and less of, you want me to do what? Uh, I'm not sure I'm up to that right now. Uh, Could you circle back and let's talk some more about this? God has plans for me. God has plans for you. Perhaps this Christmas is a time to open yourself to more fully receive the present that God has to offer to you. Let me rephrase that. Not the present, but the plan that God is trying to reveal to you. There's nothing better than to feel yourself in God's will, doing what God has created you to do. Don't turn away from those moments when you recognize them. As for your church, and just so you know, I do not pastor a church any longer. I'm on the conference staff. I would imagine that for many of us, however, in churches, the last year or so has been quite turbulent. Many of us might be wondering, where is God's voice in the midst of this turmoil? Most likely, those listening to this message will be in a church that has remained. But that does not mean that remaining did not come with its own set of issues. There was probably struggle. There were discussions. There may have been the loss of members. There may have been the loss of a sister church or churches on a circuit. Some may have felt an absence of God in the midst of these struggles. And yet... I would venture that deep down in our spirits there was a hope, or as Bishop Wallace Paget has been saying in Holston, that hope abounds. After the silence, God is beginning to speak to our churches, I think, and new ministries are developing. New ways of reaching people are being explored. New vision and strength of the Spirit fill our churches. Truly, hope abounds for the future that is in front of us. As for our annual conferences and the denomination, well, the struggle is still there. There is uncertainty for the future. There is general conference looming on the horizon. There are perhaps more churches seeking to move to another fold. 
This does not have to be a death, but could be seen as a birth. Is God saying to us this Christmas Eve, Come and celebrate the birth of the Christ child, and also let your spirit, let your church, let your annual conference, let our denomination be reborn as well. Does hope abound for the United Methodist Church? Yes, I believe it does. As we continue exploring the text, we come to that great set of verses that is Mary's response to all that's been happening. She's had time to digest what the angel said. She's spent time with Elizabeth. She hears Elizabeth's exclamation of the child moving within her, and Mary says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Does your soul praise the Lord this Christmas Eve? Does it rejoice in God? For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed, she said, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. Do you believe that God is holy? Do you believe that God has done great things for you, that God is doing great things for you, and that God will do great things for you? He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Do you believe in that promise? That message of hope that still abounds today. Christmas Eve. Family, friends, children, presents, parties, and a promise. A promise of what God was going to do through Mary. A promise of what God continues to do in the lives of those that give themselves over to God's plan. May God reveal to you God's presence and God's plan for your life. And may you boldly say, Here am I, Lord. I'm your servant. Take me and use me. Amen and amen.